0: Welcome to Inside Out Leadership. I'm your host, Rob Holman. Now listen, you could be doing a variety of different things, hanging out with a variety of different people, but you've chosen in this moment and in this time to spend with me, to learn about my Inside Out Leadership philosophy and principles. And for that, I'm honored. So honored that I wanna let you in on a special opportunity. Are you a speaker, an author? Do you have a message that you believe the world desperately needs to hear? If that's you, I want to encourage you to formally be a part of my world-class speaker community called the Get Paid to Speak Bootcamp. Go to www.robholman.com forward slash GPS to learn more. I know and trust you are going to have a fabulous time learning from and gleaning from my guest this month, which is none other than Frank Saline. I've themed this a story behind a business pioneer. As a former gymnast turned Children's Activity Center pioneer, Frank's reputation as a business management innovator has inspired audiences worldwide. He's a two-time recipient of the National Business Leader Award from USA Gymnastics and author of two books, Building Your Business Potential and Designing Your Empowered Life. Currently, Frank is CEO of Third Level Consulting, member of the USA Gymnastics Advisory Group, Author of the School of Business Core courses, designer of the Smart Edge Dashboards Business Management Technology, and founder of the Transformations Institute. One of the things I'd really admire about Frank is his passion for what he does. It's the purpose infused into what he does, but more importantly, who he is and the confidence behind who he is as well. Enjoy my conversation. With Frank. Frank, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Rob. I'm thrilled to be here. I love the uh, inside outside
1: leadership concept and the, uh, the podcasts, of which I've listened to a few, and uh, just your overall attitude, enthusiasm uh, for both life and business, Rob. So
0: thanks for having me. Oh, you bet. Well, listen, you and I, the first time we met, I mean, it was like in a good way bombs going off of passion, enthusiasm, purpose. You know, so much, we have so much in common, although two different journeys. Uh, two b- different upbringings, and, and a bunch of different things that have shaped us to become the people that we are today, no doubt about it. And that's where I wanted to pick up. For you, um, I'm still getting a chance to get to know you. And so I thought for my selfish benefit, but not only mine, but my the entire Inside Out Leadership audience and, and people that are really chomping at the bit to grow an in Inside Out Leadership, I thought the appropriate place to start is, Frank, You have so many accolades, so many things that you've accomplished in your life. However, the things behind those things are really important, right? The challenges, the trials, the tribulations, the good, the times of blessing, they've really shaped you to become the person you are and the leader you are today. Having extraordinary influence with leaders all around the world. So would there be like a challenging moment in your life when you were younger that really You may not have known it at the time you were going through it, but certainly coming out of it, you're like, this is something I can point to that's truly shaped me into the person I am today. What comes to mind?
1: Well, I think a couple of things, Rob. First of all, uh, I grew up in a loving family environment in the San Francisco Bay Area, middle-class environment, the whole thing. But for me, up until I was about 15 or so... uh, a bit overweight and really just not, not confident at all, just not out there and, and approaching the world from a let's go type of perspective. And so uh, at 15, uh, one of my friends said, you know, you're not doing anything this afternoon. Why don't you come out for the, uh, the gymnastics team? It might help you. I like gymnastics. I don't think so. But, yeah. but I went out and it turns out I could naturally do a cartwheel or something like that. And uh, I was naturally flexible. I don't know why. But as it turned out, um, that formed a a, a career uh, from that point forward uh, in gymnastics. And the reason, of course, is because your mental, physical, emotional, and in performances, even spiritual, has to come out. That's why gymnastics is such a popular sport. You're watching somebody's spirit at work, uh, empowered by their their uh, mind and their body and their emotions and that's why it's so fascinating and as with a lot of sports of course but that's a uh, one of these individual sports where there might be a team aspect for it in the olympics and all that but otherwise you're on your own baby that's it <laughs> so that uh that became a turning point i worked really hard for three years got a college scholarship to uh, san Jose state university and uh and and that was it I learned that i would like to uh I I wanted to coach and then I wanted to turn that into a vocation and, and on down the road, but that was probably, that was probably the biggest marker. Something just randomly telling me just come out for this gymnastics thing. Just walk out there and see. It's like, okay. And that turned into a lifelong uh, profession uh, into consulting, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say that that was probably the most significant thing because it gave me a sense of myself. Uh, And then there was another event as well, but that's, that's one and probably yeah. the primary building block.
0: What would you, you know, with gymnastics it sounds like you had a natural knack for that. You know, whether it's your just how you're made, your attitude, just different things. But you know, gymnastics even when we have a knack for something, even when there's an alignment. Uh things are far from perfect, right? You're going to face challenges do you remember like some early gymnastics challenges? I mean, I don't know. For some athletes, it could be a major injury. It could be an emotional, like, you know what? I was down in the dumps and my confidence was not there and I had to really overcome. Anything come to mind there?
1: Yes. As a matter of fact, not injuries. I've been very fortunate, uh, relatively coordinated, relatively flexible. Uh, you learn strength as you go. But the biggest opportunity slash obstacle, because that's what they are, right? Uh was actually having seven coaches in seven years of training. So the three years of high school and the four years of college, there were seven different coaches. It just happened that head coaches rotated through at that level. And so that was absolutely wonderful, which led to one of the most the best core principles now I will tell you yeah. way back then, um, I'm 69 years old, so that
0: was way back then. Oh I'm gotta jump in here, Frank, for those certainly listening the i i kid you not frank not only his attitude how he looks you know i mean does not look even close to 69 years old i know i'm not the only person that's ever told you that frank but i want to let our our listeners know that i mean it's just it's fascinating to me
1: well i i was able to do uh at 69 i was able to do a, a handstand at my high school 50th reunion two weeks ago in the old gym that i that i'd competed in no so yeah it was great it was really fun anyway the uh these seven coaches in seven years, it was kind of a free-for-all because the gymnastics equipment was not like it was now. It was hardwood floors that you tumbled on, and it was, the equipment was not spring-loaded or protective at all. So these, the coaches were like, you know what, you tried that, that move, it looked like you overdid it a little bit, just undershoot it this time. So you undershoot it, land in your neck. Oh, no, no, it needs more force and energy. And that was the extent of the physics of uh, gymnastics. So in the long run, what was really kind of cool about it was that it had seven coaches in seven years, seven different approaches, but massively inconsistent. Massively inconsistent. And so what you had to do as an athlete was take that into yourself and go, I'm in charge of my own training. I'm going to mix and morph these things. And that led to one of the core principles because from there, I went into coaching and then coaching coaches, coaching managers, coaching owners, and then coaching other consultants in this career path. But coaching athletes, I thought, I never want an athlete to feel that. I don't want them to feel that inconsistency. We want to have it be consistent. And not only that, but I would like to break down those progressions so that they feel like they taught themselves the skill. In other words, set a success pathway, let them feel like they taught themselves the skill. That way, you're not the coach speaking on high, et cetera. And that, Rob, led to this concept of success pathways, which was the core principle for the rest of my life. And it allowed us to keep backing up because when we started working with coaches, it was like the same thing. Oh, how can I design these courses and these pathways so they feel like they're teaching themselves? When we started working with program managers in the businesses, same thing, same thing, design courses. Same thing with teach, working with owners and consulting. How can we design success pathways so people can feel like they are the ones that are there, and we're just the cheerleader for that? Even working and training consultants now in the industry, it's exactly the same thing. And I love that because that takes the pressure off of us. Our responsibility is design the success pathway and then act as their cheerleader
0: to the extent that they want that. This is unbelievable. I, and we're going to get it. We're going to touch on some of your success formula. Uh, the aspects of it, because I think it's really going to help not only me, but everyone listening without a doubt. But I've got to go back. I mean, I am blown away. Seven coaches in, would you say seven years? Yep. Like it reminds me of one of my best friends. He grew up, his dad was a military in the military and he moved like, I don't know, something like 10 times in 15 years or some ridiculous thing. And I would oftentimes ask him, Frank, I'm like, how did you, Unpack your bags, so to speak, when relationships at school and as you were growing up, which are very interesting developmental time periods of your life and seasons of your life. And so, not to get into his answer, but it reminded me when I hear people say, "You know, I moved this amount of times in this amount of years." I right? all these different coaches. For you, um, there's a lot of great things that came out of it, which we'll discuss some in just a moment. But was there a particular person? that helped anchor you in the midst of all those coaches? In other words, was there someone that came alongside of you, a mentor, a coach, perhaps it was a, a parent, a family friend, whether or not they were directly related to gymnastics during that time of your life or not, but just someone that believed in you?
1: Yeah, there was well, one of the coaches was uh, one of the high school coaches. And then he was also for half a year, one of the college coaches. And he was a gymnastics judge, gymnastics junkie, um, pianist, math major, et cetera. And he wasn't that much older than us. He was eight years older than we were. So he could relate to us. His name was Doug Hills. And he's actually a member of the Hall of Fame of the uh, USA Gymnastics uh, for men's judges and all of that. But he was very close to us. We remain close friends to this day. And as a matter of fact, we've turned that around now where our consulting business has helped him uh, with some relatively big business successes in the international business world uh, of gymnastics. And so it's been, it was, it's been a thrill to have that friendship um, ever since age 15, 16 to now and be able to turn it around and help him as well. So then we are just friends. We see each other once or twice a year. And uh, it's, it's just an absolute delight. So yes, there was somebody outside your family mm-hmm. that also stepped into that breach and was a, uh,
0: Super encouraging, uh, realistic, but encouraging. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Because oftentimes we'll talk with an inside out leadership. You know, so much of it is, you know, self-awareness on your discovery journey and pathway. Of course, having more of that uh, self-management, the whole EQ road, really, if you look at it, right? The self-awareness, social management, then it, wor- excuse me, self, and then it works out to social, uh, you know, within your sphere of influence, et cetera. But oftentimes in the midst of like you becoming more and more aware of who you are, Um, there's important people along the way. There just is. And to acknowledge them and honor them. Now, not everyone can have them as lifelong friends the way that you have been able to to really uh, partner with your friend. But I have found, and so many others, of course, that when we do see the value in another to come alongside and allow them to come alongside of our life, but also be that person for someone else, right? That mentor and mentee relationship It it launches us into places that would never, ever be there otherwise. So thank you for kind of highlighting that and taking us into your life that way as well. Hey, I've got to, you know, for those that don't know, Frank is an author of two books and multiple things, even not just books, right? But two in particular, in building your business potential and designing your empowered life. So I want to make mention of that. But, you know, as I look at like people, we have leaders listening that, sometimes they feel empowered. Sometimes they don't as much. It depends on maybe the environment, the season, um, even COVID, and then coming out of COVID. Here you have given your life, you've devoted your life, Frank, to helping people and leaders all around the world with what's become known as like success formulas. Like, What advice would you give leaders, regardless of where they are, to feel empowered, to live life to the fullest? Because- like you'd mentioned, 69 years old, you have so much energy. Your best year is even ahead. And you've had some pretty good ones already too, mind you. And because you live with a burning of passion and purpose in your life, you can certainly give that away to other people. And you do. So take that wherever you want it to go, whether it's, you know, what do leaders need to know as it relates to success formulas in their own life and leadership uh, and beyond. You know, um,
1: I think we'll take that in three different directions, if you don't mind, Rob. Um, one of it is your personal journey and the, the kind of success formulas that, that we discovered for just your personal journey success and transformation. And another one is your business success uh, and transformation and where that leads to. And I can give you a couple examples. And, and we'll, we'll stop between each one of these. And then the other one is the interpersonal, because that's where the true joy is. You look at someone like Rob, and that's where his joy is. His joy is in establishing these interpersonal relationships and then taking them to another level that neither person would have predicted. Uh, and, and you got to love that. Uh, it, so I guess on the personal life journey, um, we discovered eight areas that, that we try to work on. and use as a double check for myself, and our team use our teams of business people use it as well, just as an informal check on yourself. And what I mean by that is these eight areas. I've discovered that the number eight, uh, which is also an infinity loop on its side, if you turn eight on its side, it's a infinity loop. We've discovered um, eight areas that we that we kind of plot in an infinity loop. Within that infinity loop, there's your mental development, there's your emotional development, there's your physical development. There's your spiritual development, your creative development, your leadership for social change development, your personal financial development, and your career. you could you could rename those any way you want, make your own loop, you know, yeah. or whatever you want to do as a leader because we all look at things a little bit differently with a little bit different models. That's totally fine. But those eight areas as checkpoints, it's not like we're maxing out all eight of those at the same time because we don't. But if you think about it in a loop, then you're thinking, okay, I'm on this journey. That's what the infinity loop is. It's a journey. And how do we transform ourselves? Little by little in each one of those areas, we just keep working away at it. Because if we are not feeling fulfilled or on a success pathway ourselves, I'm not sure what we can really lend to business or to other people and to our other relationships.
0: Yeah. You know, as I'm listening to you, Frank, you know, inside out leaders, oftentimes they'll have conversation about this, but we can only give what we got. So at the end of the day, the more awareness we have in ourselves, we can give that away to other people. And you could take it, you know, it's even times or seasons where you feel more peace, more ease, and you start hanging out with other people you could give away what you got. On the flip of that though, isn't it interesting that when you're overly stressed out, when you're anxious, when you're, you can also give that away. So keeping ourselves not only in check, but really on the journey, being intentional about some things, being consistent. You know, as you and I are kind of pushing the pause button on that first aspect, right? Self. Um, Some could hear that checklist of eight things, for instance, right? And be like, I'm a little overwhelmed. but where should I start? Is there a starting point, ideally speaking, or not? Is there just different entryway points into that loop, as you described it? Like, how would you, yeah, what, how would you encourage someone that might be feeling overwhelmed? Like, I'm with you, Frank, in all eight things, but where in the world do I start first? Well, it's nice to have a a, a tool or an app that helps you do that, that you can see it visually.
1: So we use a. a the infinity loop, like I say, with all eight of those things inside it. However, in practical, in practical purposes, I'll use the Trello boards. For example, when I open up the Trello board for myself personally, all those eight areas are there. So here's the one, two, three priorities or things that I might want to explore in each one of those eight areas. So you can kind of keep track of them. What What's, what's uh, oh, this would be nice. What things are in progress? What things were achieved? Not that you have to do that, but if you're that type of person that likes to make little lists and, and see where they are. It's great because if you had one or two things or three things in all those eight areas that you were working on, all of a sudden at a glance, you're going, oh, I see the journey I'm on. This is really cool. You know what? I only have to do a couple of these things. And maybe then you work them into your calendar because that's where it becomes reality for mm-hmm. most people. It's in their calendar. And a great hit for that is a thing called habit stacking. So for me personally, for example, the three things that I really like to do, um, and at a fourth, even in a day, I really like to do some reading, especially the kind of stoicism, philosophy, et cetera. I like to work a little bit of Spanish in, and I like to get guitar in as well, some guitar practice. I do those things in a row, in a block. So that is 20 minutes for this, 15 minutes for this, 30 or 45 minutes for this. All of a sudden, that's an hour and 20 minutes. But if it's blocked, that's stacking your habit. And it makes it really efficient. So you're like, that block is right there. And you don't leave it to the end of the day where the day has been just, it's just gone. Because of whatever emergencies and everything else comes up, we all know how that goes in business and personal. But you might take a look at doing something like that, the Trello boards, how it relates to your calendar. And then habit stacking things is really a good idea too.
0: Thank you for that. No, one of the things I really value and appreciate about you, Frank, is not only the the passion and the energy and the inspiration, but you're very practical. I mean, you're given some real good practical insight that we can take with us. So thanks for that. So the second area then is more on the business side, right? So self into business. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so on the, thanks,
1: Rob. So on the business side, and I love, by the way,
0: what you said about
1: you can only give what you got. Ah, that, that. I haven't heard it expressed that way before, but that is fantastic. And you also made it clear that it, it could be good or it could be otherwise <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You got good energy. You get that away. You got dead energy. Uh-oh, that, that's, a, mm-hmm. that's an issue. So on the business journey, and this is most of your people, I'm assuming, probably are one way or another involved with businesses. And what do you use to improve your business? Well, we learned through a, a business we had called the Wings Center out of Boise, Idaho full sports arts, education, entertainment center for children. Um, did that for 40 years from 1976 to 2016. Uh, it was pretty much turnkey for the last 15 years or so. So that was, that was good. But in that we learned, since we had a pretty large operation, uh, we learned the uh, eight areas of business. So again, here's your eight. Yeah. <laughs> it's in your infinity loop. For us, the areas were. In, it might be different from you and your business, but it was management. It was once you know what you are, You define all that, your business model, all of that. Then it goes into marketing. Now you tell people what you are after you've decided what you are. Mm -hmm. Then it was people. People are the executor of everything that's there. Mm -hmm. Then it was technology technology, so your people can work as fast as they can think. And then it was money. Yeah, you got cash flow coming in if you did the first four things. But now what do you do with that to maximize profit so you can do more good things? Mm -hmm. And then for those people that have facilities, managing facilities, your risk management, and then inspiration. So it loops back around again, those eight areas. And that proved out through several businesses, not just the hard physical facility we had um, in Idaho, but then leading to the consulting business, we followed the same eight areas when we started our consulting group back in the year 2000, it was 22 years ago. And then uh, we built some conferences, we built another company called Leap Learning, and then we we took over two other companies, and then we started a not-for-profit called the International Association of Child Development uh, Programs, which mm-hmm. purposely links association heads, suppliers, child activity centers, owners, and educators uh, globally across all the children's industries. And that was just a joy to do. It's all been a joy in terms of the success pathways, but that, that loop was always a good one and there's all kinds of other models out there the the five p models right the the process the purpose the people all that there's there's any number of models you want but use
0: one i guess Mm -hmm. that's the main yeah that's that's the point what's even when you start out talking about self and now you've turned to business i can't help but think self and business they go obviously hand in hand because the yourself, the more that you embrace who you are and let that shine, let that come from the inside, working itself out. That's the vibrancy piece that so much vibrant, positive energy can come out of that place, et cetera. The business, when you start learning about the different aspects of business and honing certain things and growing, becoming more efficient, more effective. Now you're talking about sustainability. You're talking about long-term, and I oftentimes will say it's like vibrancy and long-term sustainability. Wow, watch out for the great things that could come to pass. And then thirdly, you talked about what you call the interpersonal skills, or what was the third aspect there? Yeah, uh, you know, looking back at the um, at at the three,
1: uh, the personal most important um you know if you're not if you're not good for yourself you're not good for anybody else like rob said you can only give what you get 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 what you give give what you get give what you are yeah that that whole that <laughs> so know. no I, I i really did like that um but the linking that to the business before we go into the interpersonal mm-hmm. linking that to the business um in our consulting work and probably in yours and probably anybody listening to this does the same thing but we found that if we Centered, any employee, like in our industry, the children's activity center industry, in these facilities, the managers of the various programs are what makes it go. Mm -hmm. Not really the owner. The owner is the visionary, the parents and the children are the recipient of all this stuff. But in the middle, the instructors and the managers, especially the program manager. Let's let's say that somebody was uh, managing the gymnastics program. That manager needs to see that their personal growth is at the center of everything. We always approach it from a what's in it for me type of thing what's in it for them if their personal growth, that they can see how every action they take leads to improvement in their program, leads to betterment of the company, leads to a better market position in their local community and makes for a healthier, stronger industry. So that links everything they do to a greater purpose all the way through. And if that's emphasized and kind of baked into the systems where they see that all the time and it's reinforced at meetings and everything else, that is a great link between that personal growth and the business journey that they then go on. From there, then the, the third part of the third infinity loop for us, it's like, okay, relationships, in, in the end, it's all about relationships. It is, isn't it, though? End of story, you know? <laughs> I heard of something the other day that said, everything that you want is owned or controlled by someone else. Like, well, okay, then that that may or may not be true, but it was an interesting concept. Sure is. So if it was, then the relationships are are everything. And I think the relationship that uh, Infinity Loop that we developed, my wife and I actually developed this. And so for us, it came down to eight areas again, and it's going to be different for you and every person that you deal with again. But in our relationship and to a certain extent with other relationships those are the eight and the first one is just the spiritual right is there that spiritual link between you and that other person rob and i had that almost right away I, it was just something unspoken it's because of who you are already just those little spiritual sparks flew me like oh this is going to be this is going to be good and right away i asked rob can we can <laughs> we interview you on one of our on one of our video e journal interviews and he, of course, said yes, and then returned the favor. So that led to number two from the spirit sparks is to the support, mutual support, right? So that was there. Then, can you be serious with this person? Can you be serious about the opportunities you're presenting to them and about the relationship itself? Yes. Then that leads to the adjunct to that, and the kind of the counterpoint is, can you be silly with them as well? Because <laughs> that that you have to get the fun aspect back into. That's it, right. right. Yep. Yeah. You can you can be spiritual. You can offer unconditional support especially in a a life partner, right? That That's really important. Serious and silly is equally as important in friendships as it is in your interpersonal. Sure is. And then the fifth and sixth S's would be different with different people. You go, I'm certainly in a relationship, the sensual and the sexual, that that's one thing. You might not have that with everybody. That's probably a good thing. And, but, <laughs> but, but those are two additional S's. And then it kind of morphs over to the seventh S, which is a social example. And not because you're trying to set a good social example by saying, see, look at us. Just it is a good social example by virtue of what it actually is. Yes. And then that loops around to the eighth one, which would be the element of the sacred, which even even deeper than just the initial spiritual, you know, it, it's sacred and there's some ceremonies you might do with each other, etc. Whether it's friends or whatever it is, and yeah. then you're back around in this loop, but it's the same thing. It's not like you're firing on all eight cylinders at the same
0: time, yep. but they're markers. Yeah. Boy, do I love that framework. You are so good like that. No wonder, I mean, everyone listening is like, yeah, this guy is exactly who you said he was, Rob. He is, he's highly inspirational, but you are truly a pioneer. Uh, you help build, you help with investment and, and get other, you know, but you're a servant leader, Frank. One of the things I really, really enjoy about you, and I want to honor you by saying this, in the short time we've known each other and the the digging I've done on you with research and certain things, Just knowing you are a servant leader. You're a cheerleader of people. You love coming alongside, dare I say, even getting under people that you believe in and lifting them up so they even can far surpass you. There's a lot we can learn from you, not only on this call and this podcast episode today, but ongoing. So thank you for the gift that you are. I thought an appropriate place to end in light. We could take the next three hours and you and I know just begin scratching the surface because- But I think what you left with us um, has tremendous value and it gives us an opportunity now to go back and to listen again and again and to write down and to think through uh, what these three areas mean for us as individuals, as team members, as leaders, as business people, et cetera. So thank you for that. But I thought appropriate place to kind of end our time is you are very passionate and you already alluded to her. You're about your wife. Uh, What is maybe one, if not a couple things that you really enjoy about her and and your partnership together?
1: Yeah, she is exceptional. Um, Her name is Lourdes Gonzalez. She has her own company, Lulu Process Design Group, has worked with multinational companies about process development and all that. Uh, we were just in London, as a matter of fact, where I was actually tagging along with her. She was speaking at her international conference in uh, in the UK. And I found another conference with children's uh, businesses that was going on at the same time. So I managed to let them know I'd be there and they grabbed me and I get to speak there too. But I was tailing along being Miss, Mr. Lourdes Gonzalez, basically. Uh, she's, she's a very special person, not just a woman, but a person in that uh, she grew up six of 10 children Uh, Father died when she was six, so she was a single mom, raised 10 kids uh, in her family, and uh, they had nothing. They have a 1,000-square-foot little farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in Puerto Rico, and uh, they all grew up, and all they had was each other in education, that was their way out, and they did it. All of them went on to get high-level degrees, be highly successful professionals, and it's an amazing story. So, Because they grew up with nothing, they're appreciative of everything. And because they grew up with all these kids and people, they are very empathetic. They had some teachers that looked after them at school because they knew their family situation and pushed them from an educational standpoint. So she comes through and she's she's very sweet, very empathetic, very smart, and uh, it she and I just click somehow in 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 all these different ways, and it even got enhanced even further when we developed the uh, the relationships part of the infinity loop and all of that, because now there is a way to go. And eight, eight, August 8th is our special day because oh, it's eight, wow. eight. So we have a little ceremony that we conduct on that day. in addition to our anniversary, etc. cetera, but uh, yeah, very, very special lady. Very fortunate.
0: You know, I had to ask you about her. Cause you, you've talked about her a little bit to me before. And I know that, uh, she's yeah just means the world to you and that's probably an understatement but i can only as as you're listening as, as i'm listening to you talk about your wife like i'm just seeing you light up even that much more and i can only imagine like you're already a beacon of light she's a beacon of light but then having both of you together in life in partnership um you know, just in your, in your marriage, but also business wise, you know, how you serve her, she serves you just a beautiful and powerful picture of humanity. And so thank you so much for that. So Frank, with our limited amount of time left, what's next for Frank? Like at the end of the day, you've accomplished so much. You're helping leaders um, all around the world, but take us into that. What's next or kind of where are you? What's the next chapter perhaps in your life look like?
1: <laughs> well, it's interesting. We've um, we've just recently acquired a couple of other companies. And at, at age 69 and being in the industry for 50 years, 52 years, whatever it is, I've never been more excited about our industry, the children's activity center sphere, than I am right this minute. The potential for it, the potential for the next wave of, of owner, managers, et cetera, coming up and influencers that come up, we are really uh, just super excited. And so we'll just see how that, how that goes and play it out. I, <laughs> I dare say, I guess we don't have to work. It's never been work, however. So it's yeah. always been about growth. This was the growth uh, mechanism that we used was this particular industry and growing up. And certainly the relationships have been phenomenal over the last 40, 50 years. We have great industry friends that we've known for that long, whole groups of people that are are there. And I, I still believe um, that, you know, even today, I believe that, I'm only at the halfway point, but that's why how I wake up every morning is I'm only at the halfway point. So it doesn't matter if I was 20 or whether I'm 90, you're only at the halfway point, which means that everything you've learned up until this minute is what you get to apply in the next minute. Yes. And that's always been my philosophy that if you work out of all proportion to your reward now, that you're gonna get rewarded out of all proportion to your work later. Well, that's just <laughs> a delayed gratification trick, right? But, but it <laughs> works, It's it's really good. And and for me, um it all sums up Nelson Mandela, just you know, the most beautiful thing. It's on the back of my business cards and the whole bit. There's no passion in playing small in not living the life that you're capable of living, you know. Yeah. That that's that's the mantra that I've adopted. And if since I'm only at the halfway point,
0: hey, you know, I got more <laughs> to give. So we'll see. What a way to end. Thank you for the gift that you are, Frank. I really mean that. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what's in store for you in the future, but not even so much in the future, like just being present with you on this call. It has meant the world to me. And I just, uh, I honor you and I'm thrilled to continue on this journey with you. So thank you.
1: Uh, Likewise, this was a great opportunity. And we loved having you on our, on our podcast as well. And I'm sure this is just uh, the start of future things. When you see people that are so uh, lit up, like you indicate for me, but I'll indicate it back for you as well. They're so lit up in their passion. Your whole business is built on this, your entire business for you. It's actually a mission for you. That that comes through pretty loud and pretty clear. And I think that it, it's really wise to emphasize that too, because that's something that's worth emulating and uh, going down, which is why you've got the following you've got as well, and I love that it's we've established a friendship now and that's a, that's yeah. a beautiful thing. And, and just, uh, especially a uh, sports arena that we were talking
0: about earlier, I've got some ideas. So <laughs> there I'm you visiting go Visiting Philadelphia, the mind, the mind and the heart's already going. Yeah. So, um, so thank you for your time, which I know is very precious. Uh, where can people find more out about you and the work that you do? Any particular websites that people should go to? Um, yeah, I think uh, if you, wanted to find out just about some
1: about the business models, that type of thing, you could go to uh three RD third, three RD third And from there, pretty much everything else happens. So uh, it's just a great thing. You might even look at the, uh, one of the great things about that is the, the mega menu. When you just look at what we do, it opens up into a mega menu. Maybe it'll be ideas for how to present your own services.
0: Yeah. Thank you for that. We'll also put some of those links in the show notes for sure. So Frank, thank you so much. Looking forward to continue the conversation and uh, be blessed today. All right, you as well, sir. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.